talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing, the show where here in now 2023, we take a look back at what was formerly Aaron Sorkin's seminal television classic, The West Wing, from a bit more leftist, socialist, what-the-fuck-is-going-on perspective. I am Stu. And I am Dave. And so this episode, to me, we are now doing the episode entitled Mr. Frost. (laughs) It's the fourth of season seven? Yes. We are now fully on the down slope of any what could semblance of quality in this show has. <laughs> and I don't really know what the television release schedule for something like this would be. So when you're four episodes into a 22 episode season, I don't think you've quite like pitched another season at this point. But boy, the writers are sure acting like they're just getting canceled. Because they are not doing even a lick of work I, in this I fucking episode. I'm pretty sure there's an understanding for most television shows that seven seasons is pretty much hitting the limit. Uh, and they probably knew they were not going to get an eighth season. You know, it's pretty rare. It's stuff like Simpsons or Always Sunny or these, you know, comedies. Comedies can sometimes go past seven. But for the most part, most dramatic shows seem to cap out at seven seasons, in at least in America. It's an interesting sort of... I don't want to like get too weird about it, but like the comment on kind of like a zeitgeist and like an attention span for a cultural mm-hmm. thing. Cause, and I mean, honestly, this is now we are late into Bush two's, excuse me. We're in the middle of Bush two's administration. Right. It's the like world 2006. Has fucking, yeah. And the world has fucking completely turned over since this right. show started. Like we had fucking nine 11. Like, right. So it's no, it's no surprise. Nine Eleven happened during the show, and they had yeah. to do that weird fucking episode to fucking comment on it. Yeah. So, so we open with uh, Margaret getting uh, depositioned about her like call logs with CJ and Greg Brock. This is all about the shuttle leak story, uh, and Margaret's getting subpoenaed by. So Senator Dresden, which is an awesome name, very dramatic last name. <laughs> Played by guest star Mitch Pileggi of X-Files fame. He played A.D. Skinner for the entire run of the X-Files. And he's awesome. He is, like, foreboding and, like, menacingly bald. He is very serious. Yeah. Yeah, in, In this episode that does not commit much to the seriousness, as we will discuss later. But in this bit... You feel for Margaret. Like, you think she is, like, you know, she's got, it feels like the interrogation scene with, like, you know, the swinging bulb or whatever. Like, the fucking pressure. (laughs) The pressure is on here. This guy is, like, means business. And, you know, he's doing the rapid fire question thing and doing the thing. And so, yeah, so we're led to believe that Dresden is leading the congressional side of the investigation into the space shuttle. Bingo. So, yeah, he's. He's the Republican, you know, they're going hardcore because it's a Democratic White House, of course. And we get a little bit back and forth with Margaret, you know, not wanting to admit. Like, he presses her on, like, you know, hey, you're the secretary. Can't you just, like, listen in on phone conversations whenever you want? And she's like, well, (laughs) yes, technically I can. And then he starts growling about, like, well, did you listen to this one? Did you listen to this one? And in Margaret's defense... 
A, she's got a steel trap of a mind and probably does remember these things, but B, he's asking her about conversations that happened months, if not, like, over a year ago. I'm not going to remember <laughs> yeah. these details. Like, well, And it's... I feel like... And it, the show actually kind of does a pretty good job of it, of being, like, it's pretty obvious that he's sort of, um, like, badgering her right. to a degree to get her to admit to, like, something. To be like, oh, right. there was malfeasance something. at this point. Right. He's, yeah. he's pushing for anything. He's just... He's praying that Margaret will say, like, yeah, I listened in on that call, and I heard CJ tell Greg Brock everything <laughs> yeah. about the military space shuttle. And then he gets to go, yay, I win. Uh, but Margaret's a little too good for that. Like, he rattles her a bit. Um, and then ultimately she boils down to just saying like, well, I, I mean, I can't recall. I don't recall if I put that call through, like this was seven months ago. I put through 800 calls a day. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> this particular one. And I believe her in this moment, but it led to an interesting discussion we had in our notes here about the, I don't recall strategy Oh yes. uh, and so, how it's been implemented. <laughs> <laughs> so my first reaction as a, again, as sort of a, not a child, I was nine. No, I was, fuck, I was 23 in 2007, but when I hear the phrase, <laughs> when I hear the phrase, I don't recall, I, my mind casts back to the Alberto Gonzalez hearings. There was a big scandal in, during Bush 2's administration, where the attorney general basically personally cleaned house of a bunch of U.S. attorneys that were not playing the game in, in sort of a way to pave the runway for things like, being cool with torture and mm-hmm. extrajudicial murder and killing American civilians and whatever. And most importantly, not having any accountability for any of that. <laughs> yeah, and so there was, there was a lot of airtime dedicated to Alberto Gonzalez, who was the attorney general at the time, literally just sitting in front of a panel of senators going, I don't recall, over mm-hmm. and over and over mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Basically throwing himself under the bus to take the heat for the Bush White House. And it works. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Well, because uh, Emma, said, remember, that's, Emma said that's still, what anybody in position of power does. Like, right. they're never going to like say right. anything more. That's, than that's I the know. playbook. I imagine yeah. if you hire expensive attorneys, that's exactly what they tell you to do. Um, yeah, I remember it as getting introduced to the I don't recall thing as like, it's either Rugrats or Rocco's Modern Life or something, but some kid is playing with one of those like speak and spell things of like, the cow says moo, and then it spins and it lands on a guy in a suit and it goes, the politician says, I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) So even young me was introduced to this meme of the politicians just saying they can't remember shit to get out of consequences. Just reminds me of the, the Simpsons bit with the Al Gore doll where you pull the string and it goes, you are hearing me talk. (laughs) (laughs) anyway so this is the backdrop for the rest of the shit that happens because we kind of fade in and in and out we don't hear too much more from the committee speaking of that yeah uh, basically we cut we cut back and forth between white house and campaign and this is something that season seven is going to keep doing a lot and i'm going to just call this the jingling keys strategy where uh, they know we're getting bored with the White House crap, so every now and then they just go, ooh, ooh, Matt Santos, Jimmy Smith, isn't he charismatic? <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember this happening? Please, oh, yeah, this please is keep watching. <laughs> yeah. At least watch to the final commercial break, please. Yeah. <laughs> so on the uh, campaign stoop, there's, you know, there, there's a persistent polling problem. You know, the poll plane says we're nine points down, and it's like three <laughs> results in a row now or something. So... They're upset about it, that they're not catching up. But the issue du jour, if you will, 
in this episode is fucking intelligent design and evolution <laughs> in schools. Remember intelligent design, oh everyone? Oh my god. So they do shoot at, quote, what is it? Is it the University of Michigan that they say they're at? Uh, I want to say, uh, it's some, it's somewhere that's not California. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they have all but these it's scenes. very clearly UCLA. <laughs> they have all these scenes shot at what is obviously UCLA. And anybody who has ever been in any context where they hear, see, go to, or do things at UCLA, it's like, oh yeah, like the stripey stone buildings. It's fucking like, it's UC, it's the only it's- place in the world. Like, it's a real, it's a real Austin Powers. You know what's funny? How the hills of Britain look nothing like the hills of Southern California. Yeah. That kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they just wanted to shoot near LA because that's where all their yeah, actors are. Who, oh who man, can blame we, them? we can cut down our production costs by several thousands of dollars. Right. So Santos is speaking at this university that's supposed to be like Kansas or Missouri or fucking somewhere else that's not California. And he gets questioned by the press. And I don't even know why they ask him about the intelligent design thing. But for some reason, someone asks him, like, do you believe in intelligent design? I guess because it's the hot button, like, discourse issue of 2006 uh, is why they ask him. And Santos replies with this, like, zen cone of a statement of, like, well, I believe in God. And I believe he's intelligent. And he winks and then he and then he leaves. I'm like, you can't do that. You cannot like <laughs> lob these kind of like ambiguous sounding, ooh, semi-wise, like zen zen cones at the press, because they're immediately, as we've discussed before, going to take the most bad faith interpretation of it and immediately are like, Does this mean you believe that God designed the universe, sir? <laughs> well yeah, and it's like not only does it not answer their like, okay, so Yes, you have dodged answering the question directly, but you've done it by, like, putting yourself in the path of three higher caliber bullets. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, oh, good. Good job. Like, the pistol missed you, yeah. and now you're dead in the sights yeah. of three yeah. other sniper rifles or something. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. cool. Good job. good job dodging the twenty-two Derringer to jump in front of three <laughs> yeah. tanks. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, yeah. so now what? So it now, turns out... Now, the, every question that he gets from then on is, uh, do you believe in evolution? Do you believe God? Blah, 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 blah. And he's thrown himself into this mess and in theory this should be the santos sinks kind of moment of like oh boy he fucking fouled him up with his mouth again but through some sort of stupid i don't know what to call it plot twist or whatever he ends up actually like winning this this issue by sort of of course in the in the west wingest way possible speaking eloquently about it yeah Uh, for that is that is what solves all problems in, in west wing and so he speaks about it, he's like, he's really trying to, like, thread this needle of, like, but I believe in God, but obviously we have to teach evolution, it's based in science. It's okay to believe in God and science, and separation of church and state, and blah, 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 blah. And it ends up working out, and uh, Janine Garofalo's character is like, we're actually going to, like, pull some of the religious right, because Vinick, Mr., like, doesn't go to church Vinick, is actually godless, and they kind of hate him. And then we cut to, like, Vinick's press conference and they're like mr vinnick what about you do you believe god designed the universe and he's like ah he just kind of like shuts down yeah well and so what what's kind of what strikes me about this there's two things and the first thing is about the issue itself and how santos answers it frankly if i'm being completely honest and you know mea culpa mea culpa here like 
This is actually exactly how you address this question. You say, I don't give a shit if you believe in God. Right. I personally don't believe in God. Maybe you do, and that's awesome. Like, go ahead. His ultimate position does make sense, yes. Yeah, and it's Not like, okay, great. cone he throws out to the press, but his, like, nuanced position, yes. Okay, great, but it has nothing to fucking do with teaching science in schools. Like, fuck you. No. You know, no. you can... Both of those things are, for real people, internally consistent. You know, now right. for... Theocratic right. weirdos, they're not <laughs> like uh, like our town hall uh, fucker. Yes, uh, God damn. in the in the classroom. So he goes to towards the end of the he goes to his classroom, and one woman's like, you know, hey, can you expand on your thing or whatever? And he gives her a nice answer, and she sits down. But then this guy stands up, and he's like, well. Some of us want our kids to learn about the intelligent design and the evolution. Why can't we teach both? Teach the controversy. And he just, he keeps going, and Santos keeps giving him, like, great responses of, like, well, you know, we have to teach things in school that are evidence and science-based and stuff like that. We're not allowed to teach God in school. First Amendment, separation of church and state, blah, blah, blah. And the guy just keeps going on and, like, yeah, well... We don't think that way around here. We, we uh, think our kids should be learning the God stuff. And the, the, the real point of this is that while Santos wins the day, this fucker and, and people like him have taken over every school board in yeah. this goddamn country. <laughs> and now we're banning books. And so, like, this guy won. Yokel dude won is what well, I'm getting at. And so the second thing that about this particular issue is, again, as I am a creature of this time period in American history like I do remember when quote like intelligent design was like this is the, the discourse hot, like this is the hot discourse currently mm -hmm. and what everybody failed to kind of really bring about because the media are all collaborators anyway like fucking it's not about whether God like invented the universe or made a duck or whatever <laughs> it's just a fucking stalking horse for a theocracy, like it's yeah. it's an imposition of weird American Protestantism at right. every level, and you and, use and, intelligent design as the like the wedge. Yeah, our and our yokel dude at the end basically spells this out, where he just kind of keeps pivoting back to like, yeah, but I want religion taught in the school. Every time Santa says that they can't do that. Yeah, and again, to your point, these fuckers won. Like we're yep, and now Florida's banning books and <laughs> yeah, like they're gonna murder drag every, shows. They're gonna murder every trans teenager. Like, uh, it's it's awful and bad. Collecting and menstruation info. <laughs> it's just like Jesus real fucked up shit. So good good job, religious right. You you played the long game with your judges and your school boards and everything. <laughs> And you got there in the end. Um, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and discuss a couple other of the subplots. Like, why do foreign countries' presidents keep dropping dead? Hmm, funny. In this episode, uh, takes us back to the peacekeeping mission, uh, 
for remember we have peace in the Middle East now thanks to the uh, Camp David summit where Bartlett managed to work out some sort of sort of two-state solution kind of thing going on in Israel. Well, uh, that's all about to go tits up because uh, President Farad gets uh, suicide bombed and is dead. Wow, that was, I mean, actually completely appropriately quick. Like, okay. Um, and well, it's <laughs> th- also, they he gets suicide bombed. We don't fucking hear anything about it. And of course, it's not the Israelis. There isn't right. even a consideration Nope. Of the, the fact that it could be anybody on Israel's side. It's all those goddamn Muslims doing factions at one another. Like, what the fuck? Yep, the first the first guess is Hamas, the second guess is some other it's a, it's you know, Iran. Palestinian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Syria or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, no consideration at all that Israel might have killed the Palestinian leader. You know, the, the probably the, you know, it's like the, uh, whenever they, a, a wife dies, they look at the husband first, you know? Yeah, if you if a Palestinian say. leader died, I would look at Israel first, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so he dies, we get some nice, you know, words from, uh, both Santos and Bartlett about, you know, how sad they feel and how their thoughts are with the families and whatever fictional grief. I can't really care that much, but where it gets interesting is the titular Mr. Frost from this episode, who is a intelligence analyst. We've seen earlier briefing Arnie Vinnick, uh, about some sort of situation in Kazakhstan. Well, after the Farad assassination, he rolls into CJ's office and he's like, Hey, this President Farad thing, it's just like the first domino of a set that's about to fall. Uh, I've got intel that within a week they're planning the assassination of the president of Kazakhstan. Uh, and after that, they're going to kill like uh, the vice president of Unical or something like yeah, that. It's a big He's company like, or something. Whole, yeah. It's a conspiracy. It's like it's a it's a group. He doesn't give us much information about the group, but he's like, it's a targeted group. They have a plan. They're very serious. We need to take this seriously. And CJ's reaction is to write this guy off as a total crank, uh, call Kate in, complain about him, and Kate's like, oh yeah, that guy, that guy's a crank. He's he's wrong as often as he is right. Uh, and then lo and behold, a few days later, the president of Kazakhstan gets assassinated too. Yeah. So basically proving this guy entirely right. Um, and so I want to say that I was try I was thinking so hard about this because the actor who plays Mr. Frost, his name is Tom Everett, and he is approaching the top of my list of that guys because he has yes. an extremely distinctive look. But yes. I could not fucking tell you off the top of my head where else I'd seen him, except for basically right. everywhere. Like, yeah, he's he's a great guy to be like this kind, exactly this kind of guy. He was like he was uh, a like, guy in Dances with Wolves. He was a guy in Air Force One. Yeah. He was guy in Pearl yeah. Harbor. Like, yeah, he's just around. <laughs> perfect, perfect character actor type, uh, and he does well in this role. Like I said, I want a whole show about this guy. <laughs> like, what does he know? How does he know all this? Like, I'd love to find out how he knows and what else he knows. And if anything, that should be CJ's reaction yes. as well. After hearing about the uh, Kazakhstan guy, it should be, okay, go get Mr. Frost, bring him to the sit room. I want to hear everything this man has to say, as he just got proven 100% unequivocally correct. But that doesn't happen for some reason. Yeah, like, and these aren't just like, oh no, some politically motivated violence. It's like right. two international presidents. Yeah. 
They didn't just, like, die of a heart attack or COVID. They got fucking assassinated. Like, this should be a huge, big deal. There's a great little bit where, towards the end of the episode, someone's walking past a TV, and the news person is like, uh, foreign leaders express security concerns about attending the next conference. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. If I were a foreign leader, I'd be going to my bunker for, like, a month. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be setting foot in a plane or a car for a while. Yeah, like... Yeah, like, that's where both these guys got murked. Uh, Farad was, like, in a car on the way back from a college or something like that, and similar situation for the Kazakhstan guy. And, yeah, like, finally, after the Kazakhstan guy dies, they decide to, like, warn the Unical guy, you know, the third-in-line guy. But, like, why didn't we warn the Kazakhstan guy? <laughs> Does a warning cost anything? Yeah, no, like, and honestly, like, this is, this is the stock and trade of intelligence agencies. It's literally just rumors. You can never... right. You, you're always post You can't hunk. be sure. Yeah. Right. You're not psychic. Like, you can't be 100% sure on anything. But when this man gives you this warning that sounds pretty actionable and sounds very specific, it's not just he's like, well, I've heard that, you know, other presidents might be targeted. He knew exactly who. Shouldn't we warn that guy at least? Does a warning, like, cost us anything, really? Well, and you, like, you bringing this up makes me think of it, too, where it's just like, this is another just an awful trope in this show where it's just like we can't use resources to do things that that's that's not very neoliberal of like why would especially not proactively why would why would we do why i mean fucking in the time of covid we can only react why would we be precautionary about anything why would we try to minimize what happens yeah yeah exactly abandoning the the precautionary principle uh an early sign of it yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. Like obviously, you know, liberals reaction reactionary kind of thing. Like literally they can only react. They cannot <laughs> proactively take any sort of action. And it's just like, well then why do we even have this intelligence blob apparatus yeah. if we can't actually do any good with it? And it's like, well, the real answer is to make money. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that, and, and maintain the empire. Right? That, that's the betrayal of the whole thing. It's just like, I nobody bothers to ask why they even exist if we can't do anything with like, them. Like, okay. This is a layup of yeah, this no is shit. a layup of an issue for the intelligence community. Like, just go warn specifically the Kazakhstan guy, but also every other foreign leader that like, hey, uh, there's some terrorists who are on the hunt for world leaders. You guys should step up your security and not travel anywhere. Like, that takes two minutes to, to send that warning out. So, then, like, that's just kind of it. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, they die, and we, World War III is not going to kick off or whatever, even though this should be a huge deal. And, like, we kind of see Kate and, like, Frost and CJ, like, do a couple more bants at each, and it's just like, uh, and that's okay. It. And then... And then Kate and CJ are like, huh, long day, huh? Yeah, all right. I, mean, I think I'm going to pop a couple Zannies and take Jesus some wine Christ, and like, pass out. Speak, speaking of that, that's exactly what Annabeth does, but we'll get to that the, in and a so moment. Like, I, it wasn't even in service of... I. This is why I'm just... I don't know. I'm so, I'm so goes far beyond the writers at this point where it's just like, well, okay, you have these things you could talk about. Like, you could do campaign White House, right. campaign White House, like... Great, but why right. are we even back for this? Did you need a third thing? You've got I think, Toby in the space shuttle, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should, yeah, we haven't even gotten to that. That's like the real meat of this issue. 
it really does feel tacked on. Maybe Kate had to like have a contractual appearance kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Like the writers are like, uh oh, fourth episode means we need to get Kate back in here. Uh, presidents die. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. It feels so tacked on. Well, dude, I like I like your comments about the culture in the aughts, which was just fucking awful. Which is again me bitching about Kate's jacket's not fitting. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. What the fuck is she wearing? And then. You said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. They're calling her. Ooh. Yeah, Kate, yeah, Kate, Kate says something along the lines of like, oh, you know, they're, hang on, they're calling me. It's like, wait, wait, Kate, who is they to Kate? And I imagine it's literally just like the amalgamous, you know, blob, like when we talk about the blob yeah. to refer to the information. And it sounds like the board from Severance where it's just like eldritch horror voice. <laughs> but Kate can understand it for some reason. It's like, uh-huh. Got it. <laughs> Which is, and I think you mentioned Severance. I also think of it in Counterpart, where it's like, oh no, hold for management. And it's just like, <laughs> like weird burbling voice and background that you can't make out anything yeah. of. But like, oh, this is the ultimate authority here. <laughs> or it's like the fifth element when like the fucking entity calls mm-hmm. Zorn. Yeah. And if, if like Kate has been unpleasing to him, she starts bleeding out of her head. <laughs> You have displeased the blob. Dude, Kate could use some Gautier couture in her wardrobe, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, not not looking good. The lighting's not helping, too. She's got that bad sit-room lighting most of the time. Yeah. When they when they doll her up and put her on the parties and stuff like that, when she, like when she flirted with Will, you know, she can look really good. But yeah, most of the time they do her no favors. So as a brief mention here speaking of dolling her up what the fuck is going on with annabeth and leo i oh yeah I, let's take a brief derail on this i real hate quick. this well well said i because i do too uh yeah i just so they've been having like bants throughout the episode about like oh leo you looked at your watch during the santo speech i'm gonna take your watch away so you don't look at it anymore because it looks bad for the press bah, bah, bah. and leo's like i can't tell what time it is wah, wah. and it's like okay it's very cute it's odd couple like you know media training yeah. one's savvy one's but crotchety sure it's not flirty at no. all not it's nor is it cinematically portrayed that way there are no like lingering looks or anything like that. But then all of a sudden, towards the end of the episode, they're in this elevator, and they're they're done with the day, and they're both going back to their hotels or whatever. She gives him back his watch, and she's like, by the way, I think that aside from campaign events, we shouldn't spend too much time together. And Leo, completely blindsided, is like, what the fuck are you he's talking He's just like, about? I just want to get some food. Like, do you want to go get dinner? He's like, he's like, do you want to get dinner? Like, we do this every day. We're on the campaign together. We eat, like, every meal together anyway. And she's like, no, because of the tension. And then she walks out of the elevator. It's like, what? What tension? Yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe some sickos are, like, reading some tension here, but I'm fucking not like we barely get any time there's none there's none like leo's just being nice in just like a generic old man kind of way like i've seen pervy old men i've seen creepy old men he's not doing either of those he's not trying to flirt with her in any way he's just treating her civilly like you would treat a colleague if this was the old vice president okay cool because he's a known philanderer leo's issue is that he's an alcoholic He's otherwise right, and, yeah, and had pill issues and addiction like, issues, etc. Et he's an upstanding yeah, he's, he person. Was, <laughs> like he was, he was constantly loyal to his wife, and the only reason they got divorced is because he was a workaholic too. Again, back to addictive personality. Yeah. 
But yeah, like the, 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 he's not he's not lecherous. Like that's not Leo's thing. He's just like a nice old guy. And so it's weird because I guess it's all from Annabeth's end then. Like she's super into him. Uh, yeah. And she's feeling the tension and he's not. Because that's definitely the way they portrayed it. It, it hits Leo out of nowhere. It's so fucking uh, bad. And, and like I said, two thoughts came to me. Uh, one, Annabeth, honey, you can do so much better. <laughs> <laughs> and then a second darker thought occurs of... How much is Leo worth? Is is she trying to Anna Nicole Smith him where she just marries <laughs> him for a bit and then he croaks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's just... He's worth a lot, right? He's like a business guy. Yeah, right? he used he's to be a, on board. He's not a lifetime politician. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's got money. So I'm just saying. And we know he's not long for this world. It's, it's just so incongruous and so like maladroit to put this in. I have in. no idea why they threw that in. Like there's no, there was nothing they were building on. Like you think if they were gonna put this in here, they would have set it up a little, like have a little flirting between them. But there's nothing. Yeah, and you know we we've made a several year project out of hating this show, and I hate that this is so fucking <laughs> stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> I I don't know uh, what Leo's other word reaction is. sells it up perfectly, yeah. where he's just like, like what in the fuck just happened to me. Like, yeah, that's basically how we felt as well. Like, what did you just do, writers? Okay, so we're going to take another break and make this a three-parter because we haven't even gotten to the best part to Toby of what the writer's ideology is. And the space shuttle. <laughs> yes. So let's take another break real quick. last little subplot in this episode concerns the military space shuttle intelligence leak. Now, it's a nice kind of full circle back from the initial the initial deposition mm-hmm. of Margaret mm-hmm. with Senator Mitch Pelegi. Bringing it and all back around. So we bring it back around. The CJ's been kind of freaking out and she's all fucking hepped up on caffeine pills because she hasn't <laughs> slept in forever. Yeah. And she brings Toby into her office and... Like, has a bottle of bub going around because apparently they solved the, like, international leaders dying thing. I, th- I think she just wants a fucking drink real, real bad kind of thing. When, and that's fair. And so during her, like, sort of stream of consciousness diatribe at Toby, Toby's like, CJ, I have to fucking tell you something. And I think the phrase is, and I'll find the clip, I'll put it in here. I got a lawyer. What? I got a lawyer. I did it. And it's like he says, guess what, CJ? I got a lawyer. And she's like, no. And then he says, I did it. It I did it. Yeah, there's like a pregnant pause and then just, I did it. A total admission of guilt. And... 
Earlier in the episode, we get uh, Leo gets served, and uh, someone asks him, uh, I forget who he's talking to on the phone, uh, like, well, did you get a lawyer? He goes, no, I don't need a lawyer. You've, you've done nothing wrong. You don't need a lawyer. And someone else repeats that exact same CJ verbatim advice. says CJ the same says, thing. She says, says, I have nothing to hide, so, so I do I'm not, not need I'm a lawyer. I'm not getting a lawyer. And I'm sure anyone with any sort of legal knowledge is tearing their hair out upon hearing <laughs> these two very smart characters say this completely asinine fucking statement. Yes, of course you need a lawyer. Anytime you're dealing with court, legal issues, contracts, etc., you need a lawyer. You, if you are not a lawyer yourself, and frankly, even if you are even a lawyer then, yourself, even then, they recommend that lawyers, even lawyers, need, should not represent themselves. You need representation. So, as of this episode, it is the West Wing is officially a contra Fifth Amendment. Yes. television show yes absolutely because this is this is even worse than that because fifth amendment i i understand why there's this cultural under uh, you know sort of thing with the fifth amendment where when you invoke it most people think you're guilty you know that's not how it's quote unquote supposed to work but i get why people think that way because just the mere act of saying you know i'm not going to answer that question because it could incriminate me sounds incriminating on like the face of it so I get that. But we're not even there yet. This is like, this also, is just I'm, retaining the services of a lawyer. I, I picked the wrong amendment. It's the Sixth Amendment. I uh, thought the right to counsel was rolled up into the Fifth, too, but that's just uh, self-incrimination. Right. Anyway. But either way, it's the same sort of principle applies of like when, where people feel like when you invoke this thing, it sh- it's a sign of guilt. Whether that be the Fifth Amendment or in this case, just hiring a lawyer. First off. <laughs> All of these people should have lawyers on retainer. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, they're all fabulously wealthy. Like, they yeah. operate at the highest levels of government. Like, yes, you should all have a massive law firm on retainer. B, half of these characters are lawyers and should know that this is an asinine statement. And, like, if Josh heard Leo saying that, he should run over and, like, hit Leo in the face and yeah. go, hire a fucking lawyer, old man. <laughs> yeah, like, I cannot do this for you, but you must do Are you this. kidding like, me? Like, I, these are all smart, older, politically connected people. Like, they should not believe this utter falsity. And the way that the the show Frames doesn't it. scrutinize it. Right. And it then it uses it as an admission as a physical admission of right. guilt because Toby also admits well, guilt. Right, because as soon as Toby says, I have a lawyer, CJ already knows that that <sighs> means I did it. Like, the idea is just to be there to make it a little bit more dramatic or whatever. Like, window dressing, I get. Like, I, it's it's so... Or to hear... Just... It's so uh, awful. I don't know. Like, Richard Schiff so does some good awful. acting where his, like, uh, he's holding up his, like, fist to his hand. It's kind of, like, vibrating, shaking in a way. I really... I like these little moments of, like, physical acting, those kind of scenes. But the problem is, yeah, the dialogue has ruined it with this this ridiculous notion... That, like, when you, you know, hiring a lawyer is basically an admission of guilt. Um, I mean, yeah, then that, like I, I said, this wouldn't need to take much time because it's just fucking nuts just to stupid. hear the show say. It's like, so stupid oh, no. for the West Wing, like a, a yeah. show that is about the, <laughs> you know, politics and laws and legality. And they talk about legality all the time in the show. You know, like, remember all the jokes about how Charlie's like, uh-oh, we'll be breaking a law, even some obscure law or whatever. Isn't he going to law school? He should have yelled at CJ. He's right outside the door. Yeah, I just, well... 
and we'll get into more of this in the next episode, next two episodes where they kind of dig in on this this process and stuff. It's just so I, and it's a it's so it's so very American because this again is like your like Protestant. The, if moral you have nothing good. to hide, bullshit. Yeah, that, it is so fucking. That's so toxic. The whole like, well, if you have nothing to hide, which excuses like all these invasions into our privacy and whatnot and that's the exact same kind of mentality here of like well if you have nothing to hide why would you need a lawyer you could just talk in court <laughs> like no don't do that and it's it, it sets people up to be collab and again that's why the fifth amendment comes in because it sets you up to be a collaborator against yourself right yeah like you're, just, is... you're going to you're literally going to incriminate yourself this is why they say don't talk to cops Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, and why you should invoke a lawyer whenever you get arrested. <laughs> yeah, it's shut the fuck up Friday on the West Wing. Like, shut the yeah. Shut the, shut the fuck, fuck up. up. And they <laughs> they should all know this, even the non lawyers among them. It should be like such an obvious piece of it. It's like watching a, like a sports show or something like that, and the athletes are like, "Oh, we have to exercise to get better yeah. at sports." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm training. No, uh, like no. I have God. If you're if you're a good athlete, grace. you don't need to train. <laughs> Yeah, like God gifted me these muscles. They don't need yeah. to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the equivalent here. So it's just insane, and it, it, it gave us at least a moment of good levity to talk about it here. Because yeah, aside like, from that, fuck? there's it's just so it's so bizarre. It's I guess I guess it's a sign of writing writers' decay of like the smarter writers have left the room at this point and are on to better shows. And yeah, because there's no ultimately, it's a show about smart people, and this just betrays. And this is so dumb. Presumption of all like, these. Even characters. your average idiot who's like been to court knows better than these two supposedly smart people. One of whom is chief of staff at the White House, and the other is vice presidential candidate. We've also seen this happen before with the MS investigation in the show, right. and everybody had counsel, right? And, and Oliver Babish explicitly said, like, you should go get counsel. I am not your counsel. I'm the White House counsel. But you should go get a lawyer because that's the first piece of advice that anyone with a law background would give to anyone in this kind of situation. It's, again, it's just so stupid. Like you said, the show's about smart people, and this is so dumb. <laughs> I just, it, unbelievable. So anyway, uh, that's about uh that's about the last thing that happens. Yes. So because we literally fade out on them going like I did it and then right. you know duh, duh, roll credits. Duh. Like I said, yeah. I think it would have been a great moment as because CJ's working the champagne the whole time. She she stops when it gets dramatic, but it would have been a very funny button if the champagne cork goes off like two seconds after Toby says I did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Boop, pew, uh. <laughs> Like you can have that dramatic irony t- type thing. There's uh, there's some scene I'm remembering where like a guy's about to do the champagne thing, and then some sad news happens, and then it like you know it goes off, and it's a very funny comedy button. I get oh, they yeah, want he turns to be around dramatic. and like the cork goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get that they want it to be all dramatic, and you know we're dealing with a big issue here, but I just think that would have played really well. <laughs> <sighs> CJ anyway. holding the champagne. Oh. <laughs> oh. As as the bubble stream kind of yeah, like, as it, deflates, as it, you know, de- <laughs> becomes flaccid. Um, yes, yeah, so that does it for this particular episode of the Worst Wing. 
Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can drop comments in either one of our threads on SA or BNR. Uh, if you found the show another way and have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about when I say threads or forums, hi, hello, welcome. Uh, we appreciate your listening. And if you'd like, you could always email the show at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Which is nice. It's always nice. So thanks for listening. We'll be back. We might do the next couple as a two-parter just so we can start to get through this season a little yeah, quicker. Yeah, start hoofing it through the season. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, uh, the election one, uh, I definitely want to we'll, – we'll, we'll spotlight that one. But, yeah, we might start two-partering these just to, just to churn through here. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, stay safe out there. And uh, Stay safe. Stay alive. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Send all the money you ask for. And it's Shut the Fuck Up Friday, so review the script. What do you say when the cop first pulls you over? Why'd you pull me over? And when he keeps asking questions? Not discussing my day. And they ask more questions? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? You shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up Friday. Never answer questions when the cops ask. Have safe holidays.